Hello, loves. <laughs> Welcome back to the Living Out Love podcast. It feels like I've been gone a while, and I know that we had a fresh podcast episode last week, but that was also sort of an update episode, and I feel like it was half episode, half update. So this, I feel, is the first kind of real episode since all the summer shenanigans. So no meditation, no reading. This is me talking to you. And today we are talking about how to be good at holding space. Most of us have heard of this phrase, holding space. My definition of that is creating an energetic container for the experience of another. That could be mental, emotional, physical, spiritual experience. Usually those are all related. But creating an energetic container for the experience of another. And you can imagine it as a big old bucket of water. You got a big bucket and that person gets to put their water in the bucket. So here's the number one thing that you need to know about holding space. And we're going we're gonna to get into the details, but I want you to have this as your overlay. It begins and ends with you. Yes, holding space is about reflecting and acknowledging the experience of one of another being, another human, however, or non-human. The process of holding space begins and ends with you. And I want to come back to this metaphor of you're holding a bucket and that person gets to put their water in your bucket. You have to have your own strength, energy, and capacity in order to hold space, in order to hold that bucket of water. Do you have the mental capacity to stay engaged and focused with that person? Or do you not have the mental capacity? Are you just running around stressed out? You got too many things on your to-do list. You're, you haven't slept enough. There's... Lots of reasons why a person might not have the mental capacity. There's no judgment or shame. It's about having the awareness. Do you have the mental capacity to be able to stay engaged and focused with whomever it is that you're holding space? Do you have the mental, excuse me, not mental, emotional and energetic capacity to allow someone else to have their experience without you trying to fix it. This is a hard one. Like as humans, we want to fix other people's emotions. That's our default wiring. Somebody else is upset and our brain goes, mayday, mayday, red flag. We're not safe here. And now logically we know better than that. It is perfectly okay for other, other people to have feelings. But it actually takes more energy to allow it than it does to try and fix it. Because of our human brains and because of our patterning, we can fix on auto drive by default. We don't even have to think about fixing. That's what comes naturally to us. Most of us, even those of us that are not action oriented, then we'll, then we'll just have loving suggestions for how you might have a different perception of this so where you, it, you wouldn't be feeling so much pain if you just saw it differently. Like we just think we can coach them into it, but that's not what holding space is. So do you have enough emotional and energetic capacity 
to allow that person to have their experience without you fixing it. I know it's simpler to not fix it. So it's surprising that it requires more energy, but it does. It requires more energy to hold space than it does to try to intervene and fix. Do you have the physical stamina? And this seems silly because the actual bucket of water is not a real bucket of water when you're holding space. But our lives are energetic and our energy's conduit is our body, our thoughts and our emotions. And our bodies need to be rested. We need to have a certain amount of energy in order to stand there and hold the bucket of water. And to do it in a way that makes sure that all that water is going into the bucket and not into me. Do you have the energy and nutrients that you need in order to hold space? And yes, this is a physical stamina. This is an energetic stamina. This could relate to sleep. This could relate to stress. This could relate to meditation. There's lots of reasons why we would or would not have the stamina. But it's important to be aware of yourself. Do you have what you need in order to hold space? And again, this is no shame. A lot of times, unless you are a person that is a coach or is a teacher or what have you, a lot of times when we are holding space, it's not as if we had an appointment <laughs> and we could plan on how it was going to happen. But it's things to be aware of so that if you get put in a situation where you feel called to hold space for another, you can kind of be aware of, you know what? I'm going to be asking a lot of myself. This is going to be maybe more difficult than usual. Doesn't mean I can't do it. Just means I'm going to take some extra breaths. I'm going to be mindful because I'm tired. I'm going to be more likely to want to intervene. I'm going to be more likely to try to fix the problem rather than just allow for that person's experience. And sometimes, when these situations arise where it's time for us to hold space for one another, sometimes we can tap into that divine energetic well that we are at all connected to, that quantum field, and we will just be able to rise to the occasion because we can tap into that energy that we don't have to make and create and manage. But again, it's important to know where you're at so that you can be mindful. And we're just about to get to the good spot, ah, parts, spot, I'm not sure. We're just about to get there to the meat of what is holding space and how to be good at it. But I'm going to repeat myself. It begins and ends with you. Are you ready? Okay, let's go. So we're going to hold space. I've got five golden rules for you about holding space. Number one, don't try to make anything better. Don't even try to make anything different. The goal is not to change the situation or circumstance that the other person is in or their reaction to the situation and circumstance. The goal is to allow it and to encourage that person's movement of energy about it. altering the situation and circumstance, altering that person's experience is not the goal. Rule number one, don't try to make anything better. Don't try to make anything different. Rule number two, allow for your resistance. 
<laughs> some of us are amazing, perfect, exalted beings, probably angels in human form that can just perfectly hold space and not have our own thoughts and feelings about it. Most of us are more human than that. So when somebody is saying something that is causing a reaction in you, and it doesn't even necessarily mean that you are having judgment or dismay, it could mean that you're just wishing they weren't in the pain that they're in. So you're resisting holding space for the amount of pain that they're in. When you feel your resistance or you feel like, oh, don't make me go there. Oh, don't make me hold space for this. Like, oh, I wish it wasn't this hard or this dramatic or this vulnerable. Whatever that oh, uncomfort is, breathe through it. Just, just acknowledge it and release it. All right. This is a stretch for me. This is really a lot. This is uncomfortable. Just breathe. Breathe through it. If you can see that that's what's happening, you can release it and not allow that to be what dictates your behavior. So just note, okay, great. I got resistance. I'm uncomfortable. I'm going to be here anyway. And I want to talk about, while we're talking about allowing and resistance, tears, crying, and yelling. Both of those are actually really healthy ways to transmute energy. So if you're holding space for somebody and they are either crying or yelling, that's not inherently a bad sign. Typically, that's inherently a good sign. Obviously, huge caveat here, if they're yelling at you, that's a problem. But if they're just yelling because they need to get the anger out of their body and it's not abusive in any way, it's not about you, as long as you feel safe and like you're just holding space for their yelling, yelling is a good thing. And if you've ever held space for me, you might even know yelling can lead to tears and tears can lead to yelling. It is just moving the energy through, just moving all that emotional energy, that stress, the fear, the whatever it is. And I think sometimes people think that this amount of emotion is crazy or inappropriate or a sign of mental health issue, but that's not actually the case. What we do is we carry our emotions around all the time, but we quiet them, we bury them so that we can be socially appropriate, which is great. I'm not saying we should just all be emoting all the time. It's great that we have a lens of, this is not the time for me to feel my feelings. This is the time for me to breathe through it and be present and just get through a situation. This is not a time for me to feel my feelings because it might make it about me. And it's not about me right now. It's about this person or this family or what have you. So it's actually very healthy to go through our day and not be overly demonstrative all the time. And then when there is a safe time and a safe container to allow all that energy out, to allow it to move, to allow it to dissipate, this is very healthy practice. And please do not misconstrue me and think that I'm saying we should never cry in public. I, I'm a huge fan of crying in public. In general, I think we need more emotion in public, not less. And we need to find healthy ways of having that emotion in public. But I just, I want to reshift things for us. Because a lot of times, if we see somebody at the height of their emotion, our human brains want to make it a problem. 
And it's often not actually a problem. It's often a very healing moment. It's a moment of release, which can then lead to surrender and acceptance. But we can't surrender and accept when we have all this emotion in our body that we're wanting to repress and it's just staying in there. So rule number two was allow for your own resistance. And it is likely you will have resistance when you see somebody having such a strong emotional experience. That's okay. Allow it. Take a breath. Rule number three, do not ask how you can help. Do not ask how you can help. Holding space is not about changing anything. I know this goes back to rule number one, but we got to say it again. And it is not about you rescuing anyone. You're not a hero for holding space. You are a loving, compassionate person on the planet that is in community. That's what loving, compassionate people in community do. That's not heroes. That's just spirit work, which doesn't mean it's not a pat on the back. It's still a heroic effort, but you're, you're not the savior here. Holding space is about acknowledging someone else's experience, giving them a safe place to unload and process. It's not about figuring out how you can solve it for them. And it's definitely not about asking them how you can solve it for them. Do not ask how you can help. Rule number four, do not offer advice. Do not offer advice. Oh, loves, so many of you out there just struggle with this. You just do. And I see you. I get it. I get it. It's really hard as humans. Holding space is a very hard thing to do. That's why we have a whole episode about it. It's really hard to be with somebody at the height of their emotion and not offer advice because our human brains tend to make that height of emotion a problem. And so we think we can fix this. We can fix it. And maybe we can, maybe we can't, but now's not the time. If they ask for advice, point them back to their guidance system. What do they think? What do they feel? What resonates with them? You can ask open-ended questions, but do not give answers. Okay? Rule number three, do not ask how you can help. Rule number four, do not offer advice. Rule number five, this is my last of the five golden rules for holding space. Be mindful with physical touch. Be mindful. Of course, this is going to mean very different things depending on who you are and who you're holding space for and where you're holding space. Physical touch can be healing. It, it often, it creates a psychological and physical safety that is conducive to healing. And it kind of gives that energy a place to go. But touch can also be very triggering for people. Do you know this person well? Like there's some mindfulness to have here. So if you are unsure, ask, would a hug be helpful? Would you like me to rub your back? Or if your instinct is that you hug and you've already started hugging, well then say, hey, is this okay? Does this feel good? And again, we're not offering physical touch for the sake of stopping that person's emotion. It's for the sake of encouraging. If their tears or their yelling or their energy is water, if 
offering them physical touch is going to encourage that water to leave their energy field and get into the container, then that's the point. It's not about turning the water off. It's not about stopping the flow. It's about encouraging the flow into the appropriate outlet. So those are the five golden rules that I've decided are the golden rules for holding space. Okay. Don't try to make it better. Don't try to make it different. Allow for your own resistance. Do not ask how you can help. Do not offer advice. Be mindful with physical touch. Those are your five golden rules. Now, let's assume you've held space and it was wonderful and excellent and good job. Your container is full. You're carrying this big container is full of water. So we're not done yet, loves. It begins and ends with you. Holding space begins and ends with you. So how are you going to empty that container? Physical exercise, crying, shaking it out, doing a meditation, journaling. There's lots of different ways, but how are you going to empty that container? Do not just go about your day as if nothing happened just because nothing happened to you. Because you got this big old container now. So what are you going to do with it? I will say, I do not encourage talking in detail about it to others. I'm a talker. I'm an out loud processor. So, and I'm a person that holds space often. So as a younger, less mature version of myself, my default might've been to go talk to somebody else about how I had to hold space or, or got to hold space, had the opportunity. There's a couple reasons why you have to really exercise caution and discernment when you're going to talk about this. Even if it's just like the end of the day and you're talking to your partner about how your day was. I mean, A, we want to watch out for gossip. Mm. B, you're spreading the energy. Like holding space means you've created this container. And so if you are talking about it in a way that's not just a recap, oh yeah, like this was a part of my day. If you are talking about it to relieve yourself of that energy, to take some of the load out of the container, then you're, you got a leaking container. I mean, literally, if you're thinking about an energetic boundary, if you haven't cleared the energy yet and you're trying to unload some of what's been given to you, well, if you give it to somebody else, that's, mm, there's almost a lack of integrity there. And I'm not even saying there's something wrong with your moral compass. I'm saying the integrity of your container is weak. If you have to unload it, to somebody else. So if you're going to share about your experience of holding space, I would encourage that you take care of your energy first and make sure you're not sharing from a place of trying to empty out the container so that you can have a lighter load. If you are going to talk to others, let's say you've taken care of your energetic container and you're just sharing your experience with others, I want you to make sure that you're sharing what is a spiritual truth. So we don't need to get in the nitty gritty details of somebody had cancer, they lost a child, their husband was cheating. Like we don't need to get into the things that are causing that person's emotion. We need to share the spiritual truth. So someone's going through a dark time of uncertainty. They're going through a time of uncomfortable transformation. They're soul searching right now. Like there's ways of telling a very true story in a way that honors the the real situation 
without reinforcing a negative story. We're all connected in this energetic field. And so when we're sharing these details about one another, other people have their own thoughts and feelings about those details and their energy gets mixed up into that spider web with us. We really want to make sure that whatever it is that we're sharing invites compassion, space holding, affirmation, and not gossip, not attachment to outcome, not, oh, what's that word? Schadenfreude? You know, we just, we want to be very mindful about how we share and we want to make sure that we're not sharing as a way of lightening our load. So let me get back to lightening our load. How are you going to empty your container? So the goal is to transmute that energy so that it can be healed. So how are you going to make sure that you fully empty the container before you move about your day? Because containers are temporary. They are not meant for you to be like, well, I got, I got some of that water out. I'll just throw the rest of my backpack and keep going. I'll just keep thinking about that person throughout the day, throughout the day, throughout the day, even though it's a distraction and it's not serving them and it's not serving me. Mm -mm. Containers are temporary. We hold space, we hold that energy, and then we invite the energy to dissipate. We heal it, we put it down. We use whatever energetic practice we have at our disposal. But don't make somebody else's life flow become a part of your energetic field. That doesn't serve anyone, doesn't serve them, doesn't serve you. So this could be a breath practice where you're just visualizing as you exhale that you're releasing any energy that was in that container that maybe is in your energetic, you're just releasing it. To spirit, to source, to light, however that works for you. And this doesn't mean that you don't process your feelings around their situation. Okay, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to come back to that. I just feel like I can feel people's resistance to just being this neutral container. So my other tip for when you have been holding space and you've got this container of water, I personally, I like to physicalize it. I like to jump. I kind of like to shake. I kind of just like move my body, exhale, just get it out, get it out, get it out. And if there's something that feels very sacred, very sensitive, then I like to work with my guides. And maybe I don't have a chance in that moment, but that night when I'm in meditation, I like to ask my guides, come help me make sure that I've cleared my energy field of anything that does not serve me. Their heightened emotions were a part of their healing, releasing, surrendering process. But sometimes when we are in the space of somebody else's heightened emotion, because it is so loud, even though they're just moving through it, even though it's a process for them, we sometimes grab onto it and carry it around with us energetically. So when you are doing whatever meditation channeling practice you have, inviting your guides to come in and help release you of any of that energy that's not yours to carry. And make sure that they take it and cleanse it and heal it. You don't have to do it. You set the intention and you allow spirit to do the healing. Okay, now we're going to come back to you. Begins and ends with you. Let's say that you've emptied the container. Then you have your feelings. Then you get to look at it from your perspective. Let's say this was a dear friend of yours. They're going through a hard time. 
it's not until after you've emptied the container that it's appropriate for you to say, how do I feel about my friend going through this hard time? Am I grieving? Am I angry? Am I frustrated? What do I think they should do? What do I think I should do to support them? Like that is when you check in with your reaction because you're human. Of course, we're going to have reactions to whatever it is we've been told or witnessed. Of course, we're going to. But there needs to be a clear line between what that person is experiencing, what they shared in your presence, and how you are reacting to it. Those energies are separate, and they should be separate. So that's why you really want to make sure that you've already done the work of emptying the bucket before you sit in, how do, how do I feel about this? Like, what was my experience of this? And you can't, you can't, you, but you shouldn't. It's not advisable that you really step into your experience of it until you've emptied out that container, until you've cleaned out the container. And why do I see cleaning out? You're an empathetic person or a coach that does this for a living. You're a person that people talk to where they just open up when they're with you, then you'll likely be holding space again, right? So you want to make sure that anytime you're holding space, you're starting with a fresh, clean container. Energetically, we don't want residue from somebody else's energy in our space container. What do I mean by that? Let's say I held space for somebody as they were going through a divorce. And later on down the road, I'm holding space for somebody else that's, that's going through a breakup or a divorce or might be. I don't want those similar energies mingling with one another. That was that person's experience. This is this person's experience. And not only do I not want them mingling with one another just for good energetic boundaries, but also for my own ability to hold space. If I haven't done a really good job of emptying out that container, then I'm not living in the now moment because I've got that old energy still with me. And then I'm not... 100% holding space. I'm holding space less whatever amount of that old energy is that's going to keep me rooted in the past of whatever that past experience was. So that's why it's important that when we think about holding space, we literally think about the energetic container. Is it full? Is it clean? Like that we're aware of what our holding space container is doing because we don't want energetic residue. Okay, the process of holding space, it begins and ends with you. You've got to make sure that you're prepared. Do you have your needs met? Are you a highly functioning person that day? Because <laughs> we need to be highly functioning. Holding space, we talk about it as if it's this la-la land woo-woo thing. No, there's an actual amount of mental and emotional and spiritual intelligence that goes into holding space. There's a lot of discernment and willpower and focus that goes into holding space. You don't just get that from nowhere. So are you taking care of yourself? Are you ready to hold space? When you do, remember the golden rules. I'll read them again one more time. <laughs> don't try to make it better. Don't try to change it. Allow for your resistance to whatever it is. Do not ask how you can help. Do not offer advice. Be mindful with physical touch. 
when the space holding has come to an end for whatever amount of time, find a way to get rid of that energy. And for some of you, this may be an actual ritual that you do. If you've been holding space, if holding space is part of your life, then maybe you go and you drink water and you imagine that as you drink the water that it's refreshing your energy, it's cleaning out the container. Create a ritual if that's your thing. But find a way to empty out that container. Make sure it is fully clean. Make sure that that energy that you so lovingly held, you so lovingly acknowledged and reflected the experience of another, make sure that that energy of that experience is not in your energetic field. Holding space is supposed to be a temporary experience. It's not just supposed to be something that changes your life path. And if you allow all that energy to cling to you, then that will change your life path for whatever amount of time until you get that energy cleared up. Holding space begins and ends with you. Take care of yourself, loves. I hope you are all doing well. And if you have questions about transformational containers, it just dawned on me. We're talking about containers. I have a container. Don't forget amyhageman.love forward slash transformation container. There's a free PDF. There'll be a link in the show notes that talks about different ways that we prepare for a container of transformation. There'll be a lot of overlap here. Have a great day, loves. Bye.